0: Hi there, this is Kendall Laughlin with the All People's Church Leadership Podcast. This time of the coronavirus crisis has been extraordinarily difficult for so many reasons. But one thing that we have seen is that this crisis has revealed uh, issues in our nation that have always been there and brought them to the forefront of the conversation yet again. And one of those issues has been the issue of racism. It's been very challenging over the last weeks for people to watch um, the incident that occurred in New York City with Christian Cooper or George Floyd's death or Mont Arbery's death and these different things that have occurred in our nation. And we're mourning with those who mourn. And at All Peoples, um, we are committed to having a unified church that is unified over ethnic lines, over Um, national lines, over political lines, that we could be the people of God that could release the grace of God to our generation. In 2017, we had a significant moment at our World Mandate West Conference where J.T. Thomas came and spoke. J.T. Thomas directs a ministry called Civil Righteousness And as an African-American man, he was in the middle of the crisis in Ferguson that happened years ago, leading prayer and worship and preaching the gospel boldly. And if you're looking for a resource or something that you can hold on to and glean from during this time, we think that JT's message would be an excellent thing to do that with. So we are going to now broadcast the 2017 World Mandate West message from J.T. Thomas. He has more information that can be found online that's more recent, of course. But this was such a, a moment for us in the All People's Family that we wanted to revisit it as we continue this conversation on the topic of racial reconciliation. God bless you. We're crying out for a move of God in this season. I'm going to speak
1: to you as a watchman. The Lord has set watchmen on the walls of this nation and many nations. And uh, because I'm speaking to you in that way, uh, you will hear some stories. We'll have a little bit of fun and get to know each other. But the reality is these are intense times and there is a certain sobriety and intensity uh, that God, I believe, is inviting us into today. Ezekiel 22:30 30 said, I searched for a man who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it, so I found no one. It says, but I found no one. This passage gripped me at a very young age. I didn't fully understand the implications of it, but I remember saying, God, I will be a watchman for you. 12, 13 years old. Actually, I was 12 years old. And I'd watched this movie called Mississippi Burning, and it was based in in, uh, in uh, deep in the South, in the deep backwoods of Mississippi. I watched it. I probably shouldn't have. I think it was rated R. <laughs> but it gripped me so deeply with the burden of the Lord concerning the racial history in this nation, the ethnic tensions. That I said, God, set me on the walls of this nation. Use me. However you want, God, make me a voice. I ran into the gap with a simple yes. But before I go any further, just touch your heart right now. Say, Father, give me a burning heart. Now touch your eyes and say, Father, give me eyes to see. Now touch your ears and say, Father, give me ears to hear. hear. Now just take a, a, a minute and invite the Holy Spirit. He's the teacher and the counselor. We need him to lead us, take us into the truth. Just talk to the Holy Spirit right now where you are. Say, come, Holy Spirit. Come on, open your mouth. Say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, give me revelation. Come, stir up a spirit of awakening in my heart. Teach me. Lead me into the knowledge of your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I, 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 in case you haven't noticed, I have darker pigmentation. That means that I came out of a tradition where we do some things. Sometimes you might see me cut like that every once in a while. I'm talking, you know, even though you might think I'm loud right now, I'm actually at a level 2 out of 10 right now. So I'm telling you, you know, y'all might not talk back in your church. I don't know what you do. But I come out, where, where it's okay. I'm giving you permission to talk back to me this morning, okay? Amen. In fact, I need to know that I got some help in the room. So if you're quiet, it's okay. I brought the helper with me today. You know, the Holy Spirit, he's going to be my help this morning, but I want you to know that God actually wants us, he doesn't want you to sit here and look at me and say, okay, good job, JT, great sermon. He wants to usher us into the mysteries of God. So we're going somewhere. We're on a journey, and, 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 and there's going to be a whole lot of scriptures. so just get ready. But God, I believe, wants to take us in. See, in, in the Old Testament, when you went into the temple, and Ezekiel describes the, the entrances and the exits, you could not go out the same way you came in. If you came in that door, you had to leave out that door. So I believe that the Holy Spirit is here because he's going to charge this atmosphere for transformation. How many of you want to be transformed this morning? All right. (laughs) The book of Revelation indicates that the Lord will return to the earth amidst a global expression of longing for him that ascends from the bride. Now, we all know that we cannot know the day nor the hour of the Lord's return, but the Bible clearly spells out for us what the atmospheric conditions of the earth will be like in the day of his return revelation 23:17 says that one of the conditions of the church is that the spirit the holy spirit will be saying come and the bride will be agreeing with the holy spirit in saying come it says the spirit and the bride say come and let the one who hears say come and let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. There is a reality where the Holy Spirit is longing to, is, is the, the Father is longing for the Son to come and take his inheritance in the earth. And the Holy Spirit is saying, come. And so then God actually allows various conditions on the earth to create a longing for Jesus to come into the earth that the church agrees with. It's the cry of Maranatha. From the family of God, that's us, unceasing worship and prevailing prayer. Somebody say prevailing prayer. Prevailing prayer. Say it again like you believe it. There we go. Prevailing prayer will be the global expression of the desire for Jesus to come. Unceasing worship an unceasing, persistent, fervent prayer will be the posture of the church in the last day. Malachi 1.11 says, For the, From the rising of the sun, even to its setting, my name will be great among the nations, and in every place, everybody say every place, Amen. and in every single place, incense is going to be offered to my name. A grain offering that is pure. For my name will be great among the nations. How many of you believe that? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise if you believe that he's worthy in the nations. So we have this cry, this groan that's expressed through worship, adoration, intercession, fervency from the church, but simultaneously there's a groan in the earth from those who are not a part of the family of God yet. This Maranatha cry will be manifesting and is manifesting throughout creation right now. In less than three years, though, This manifestation, I believe, has begun to take the form in the unsaved uh, uh, sectors of our society, the Maranatha cry, Lord Jesus come, has taken the form of protest. Since the shocks rang out in Ferguson less than three years ago, America has gone from a nation with a history of protest to a nation with a protest culture. If you're not familiar with what happened in Ferguson, in August of 2014, an 18-year-old black man was shot by a police officer. Many believed that the shooting was unjustified. And now, under the banner of justice, equality, and rights, diverse segments of people have rallied in various forms of organized and unorganized resistance. Now, in pursuit of greater understanding, I've actually asked many of these people who are leading these resistances what exactly they are hoping to accomplish. And the reality is many don't have very much clarity. Many don't know why they're in the streets. They just know something's wrong, and we don't know what exactly it is. We have some ideas. We can articulate some things about what we're out here for, but we just know we have an angst in our spirit. We're angry, and we want things to change. Well, what do you want to change? How do you want to change it? What's your timeline? What's your goal? I don't know, but I'm mad. I believe it's that Maranatha groan. I'm convinced that the groan on the inside for justice in this nation and across the earth is actually the groan for a man, and that man has a name. His name is Jesus. And and see, justice, justice is not a law. Justice is not a good idea. Justice is a person. So increasing ethnic conflict and lawlessness is what we're beginning to see. And this increasing lawlessness is actually a a signal to us of the imminent return of the Lord Jesus. Matthew 24, we see these atmospheric conditions. And in Matthew 24, 7, it says, for nation or ethnic group will rise against nation or ethnic group. The disciples had said, Jesus, what will it be like in the day of your return? He says, well, the first, one of the first signs is that you will see racial, ethnic, tribal conflicts in the earth. Secondly, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Verse 12, and because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. The one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures till the end. You see, I've watched particularly throughout the election season in America. We're on all the social media for some reason uh, because of the police uh, and civilian interactions and the mistrust and the Uh, brutality and justified shootings, unjustified shootings, because of the political uh, uh, election season where all of a sudden everybody gets a license to air everybody's dirty laundry, all the political ads on TV, everybody all of a sudden has an opinion. Suddenly you get on Facebook and everybody's an expert in every subject matter. Well, what do you think about that immigration policy? Well, I think that blah 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 blah. Dude, you are seventeen years old. You don't know nothing about immigration policy. <laughs> Everybody suddenly is a social is an expert on every single situation. And so all of a sudden we've got this license to air our opinions, and love has grown cold. Even those who have who have actually been wronged in the body of Christ we feel like because we have some measure of justification because we literally were offended something literally did happen to us that the beatitudes don't apply to us you can be offended but there is a way to be offended and Jesus is the way oh i will So, Matthew 24 says, he that endures till the end will be saved. In other words, you've got to work out your salvation even through turmoil, even through crisis, even through offense. Will your love endure? Do you have an enduring love? We cannot endure to the end without a watchman anointing that breaks past the confusion the frustration and the pain of what we see. And it's got to break past what we see and into the realm of revelation, into the realm of supernatural understanding, into the realm of of grace where we gain hearts of wisdom as to what to do in light of what's happening. The prophet Jeremiah asked the question, "Who?" Has stood in the counsel of the Lord. Folks, I'm telling you, there is a place in the spirit where the counsel of God comes upon your life, where in the midst of all the noise of the culture, you quiet and calm your soul and you say, God, teach me your ways. Isaiah 2.2, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord will be exalted as chief among the hills. All the nations, somebody say all nations, all the nations will stream to it and say, come, let us go up to the house of the God of Jacob, up to the Lord, and he will teach us his ways. How many of you want to be taught the ways of God? It's time for church. Begins to access the mystery of God. Begins to be taught his ways. If you don't know what's going on, then be quiet. Don't open your mouth until you get a heart of wisdom and a mind that's been elevated and transformed in the Word of God. And then when you speak, it slices through the noise of the culture. I'm not yelling at y'all, I'm just passionate. I love you, y'all. Look good. Yeah, and I say, y'all, I'm from North Carolina. This is my real accent, but I won't talk like this the rest of the time. Y'all didn't know blacknecks exist. Redneck, red black, black rednecks, blacknecks. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the spirit. Um, <coughs> Jeremiah says, who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? See, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. We have to behold him in his beauty. The beauty of Jesus is actually the primary issue of the hour in which we live. Genesis 126 says, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You see, God has put within every person on the earth the very thumbprint of his his beauty. He's placed uniquely within every people group some measure of his personality his 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 traits his his dna there, there's something in the way a, a, a latino worships that only a, a, a Hispanic brother can worship. There, there's, there's something in the way my, my, my African brothers and sisters over here sound. There's something in the tone of their voice, in the way they move, in the way they dance, that only they can do. There's something about the way that, that uh, 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 an Indian worships, that only someone from that part, that part of India can worship. And so that is a reflection of the image of God. And so we cannot know the beauty of God. We cannot uh, 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 contain uh, or even begin to wrap our minds around the fullness of the beauty of God until we see that beauty as it's expressed within the skin and the expression of every tribe. So if that's true... This might be why Paul in Ephesians 3 says, for this reason I bow my knee before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He goes and, and he's praying and he's praying, uh, and he's, he's praying that, that the love of God would, would dwell in our hearts and he says in verse 18 that together with all the saints we might be able to comprehend the width, the depth, the height, and the love of God. That means that you cannot comprehend the width, the height, the depth, and the love of God until you comprehend it together with all the saints. It takes everybody. Therefore, Ethnic conflict is the unadulterated spiritual resistance to the knowledge of the beauty of Jesus. 1 John 4, 2 through 4. says, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming, and now it already is in the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in what? That Jesus has come in what? Jesus not only came as a man in the flesh, but Jesus, before the first advent, before he walked as a human, he was already in the earth, in flesh, in the flesh of the people groups of the earth. The imago Dei, the image of God in flesh. Therefore, you have to understand, this is not heresy, I'm talking about the image of God, the likeness of God as contained within the skin of every culture. You got me? So get this, racism is one of the clearest manifestations of the Antichrist spirit in our age. If the Antichrist spirit denies Jesus in the flesh, what racism is is saying, I hate the way Jesus looks in your skin. I hate the way Jesus sounds in your cultural expression." I am made in the image of God, you aren't, you're an animal. This is what was codified in the laws of this nation. The Christian colonialist. we are a godly people, we are a superior race, we look like God, we have the Imago Dei, and he's put everybody else on the earth to serve us. They are animals, they don't have the spirit of God. The Antichrist spirit Now, there's not one dispensation of people that have ever lived on the earth that haven't at some point in human history suffered due to the fall of man and the rage of Satan. The greatest trick of the enemy is to get us to believe that this war called racism and injustice and inequity, all these different things, uh, classism, the, the greatest trick is to get us to believe that our war is actually against flesh and blood. The reality is, this is the Antichrist spirit that's been in the earth since the beginning. So our wrestle is not against woman, man versus woman, Democrat versus Republican, American versus Mexican. This is first and foremost a spiritual battle. Natural strategies have failed. We've had a civil war. We've had a civil rights movement. We've had a women's suffrage movement. We've had educational reform. We've had legislative reform. We've had judicial reform. We've had affirmative action. We've had welfare. We've had governmental elections. We've put a black, well, a half-black president in the office. And yet we're still here and we're still frustrated and people are still marching in the streets. Why are we still doing this? It's because the only authority in the earth that can resist the Antichrist spirit is the multi-ethnic, multicultural ecclesia called the church upon which God said the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, these reforms that I've mentioned have not been totally unfruitful, but they've been incomplete. And God has an issue with us, you and me. He has an issue with us in this room right now. Heaven has an issue with the church in the earth today because our inability to walk out the love of God, and to manifest and lead the way in a John 17 unity for hundreds of years in the earth, even thousands, but especially hundreds in this nation. That inability is a sign of our immaturity. It's a sign of our lack of revelation of the beauty of Jesus. But God, through the prophet Jeremiah, and even through Ezekiel, voices this woe. To us, to the prophets and to the priest. In Ezekiel 13, he says, from the prophets to the priest. He says, it's definitely because you have mes- misled my people by saying peace when there is no peace. And when anyone builds a wall, behold, they plaster it over with, white- they it over with whitewash. So tell those who plaster it over with whitewash that it will fall. A flooding rain will come, and you, oh, hailstones, will fall, and a violent wind will break out. Let me break this down for you. God says to the prophets and the priests, You guys are having your conferences. You're creating celebrity prophets. You're talking about the glory of God. You're in a room full of 5,000 white folks talking about this is the new latter rain. The glory of God is here. And God says, no, my glory is gonna cover the whole earth. My glory looks like every tribe, tongue, and nation. You're over here building your house. But there's no peace for my people. There's no peace right down the road from you in East LA. There's no peace. In, in, in Cambodia right now there's no peace in Syria why are you plastering over well you know we, we elected a, a, a new president that's gonna make a law we already had we you know we're giving you guys welfare everything's okay there's no racism except the racism that you're bringing up I didn't say it that's what the Bible says <laughs> woe to you who are whitewashing over the breach in the wall. My house is in ruins. You say there's peace when there's no peace. So therefore, I the Lord, somebody say, I the Lord, will cause a violent wind to break out. J.T. Ferguson exploded, man, the enemy is at work. No, that was God. Well, I don't believe in that, JT. You need to leave. This is a heresy. Let, let me tell you, I will cause a violent wind to break out, the Lord says. And he says, That wall, all the things that you've hidden behind, all your legislation, all your comfort, all your ignorance, all your apathy, I'm gonna cause violence to break out in city after city after city after city and region after region until you crawl to me, till you call to me, and you say, God, we repent. Maranatha, Lord, come. We've, gone to, we've, we've done everything that we know how to do in our human power, but we need you to break in now. God is ripping the Band-Aid off the wound. You cannot build nations on bloodshed. You cannot build cities on unjust gain and not wound generations of people and then you put a band-aid on it in the form of a certain law or a certain handout or whatever it may be God says I'm ripping the band-aid off to bring the church into their rightful and royal place as my family I know this isn't exciting are y'all okay though you all right come on let's worship God for just a second we bless you Lord <laughs> we love you God you know, you got to praise your way through the hard stuff. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? I will yet praise him. Anybody got to yet praise in the Lord today? Ephesians 6 says, We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, rulers of the, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So, what happens is, what has happened in America, I believe, is that we've settled for, and I know I've camped out on this for, for, for a while, but we have settled for a temporal change, but we've not unseated powers and principalities over the regions where those changes happen. So, what happens is, you take down the Confederate flag over the State House of South Carolina, but the church doesn't take down the, the demonic power attached to it. And so, 50 years later, well, we took the flag down. Why is there still racism? God says, I want you to cast down arguments. Cast them down. There's a realm in the spirit that God's inviting us into where powers are disarmed, principalities are unseated, and air superiority is gained through the church. These rulers will continue to wreak havoc generation after generation unless we step into our divine occupation of confronting these enemies. Ephesians 3, verse 10, Paul says that God has, has made known this mystery, uh, the beauty, the majesty of Christ, preaching, he's preaching to the Gentiles. He says, to the intent that the manifold wisdom, the manifold, the multicolored, the multifaceted Wisdom of God would now be made known through who? Ah, y'all didn't talk to me. Through who? To the powers in the principalities. So, God invites us as the church, our first response is not to move men with our earthly protest, but to move angels and demons through our prayer. We experienced this firsthand when a violent wind broke out in Ferguson, Missouri. This story is the story of the Ferguson response. In Ferguson, when the young man was shot, In the middle of America, people from all over the world descended upon this small suburb of St. Louis, Missouri, and it was so intense it caught everyone off guard that really the church in the region did not know what to do. There were ideological groups from all over the world there, recruiting and getting in on the action, and the Lord sovereignly, I won't go into all the details of how it happened, but the Lord sovereignly and supernaturally called me to go and prayer walk the streets of Ferguson. I arrived, on the day that I arrived, um, One, the only other person that I knew in the region happened to, I happened to text him, and he texted me back and said, hey, well, at 6.30 tonight, there's a prayer meeting with a bunch of pastors. Why don't you come uh, if, you're, if you're in the area? So, I didn't know what was going on. I was just a fly on the wall. I walk into this pastor's meeting. There's like 70 pastors um, uh, meeting together. and They're going, our city's on fire. What do we do? I mean, there's tanks in the street. There's, you know, people, uh, if you had blindfolded me and set me in Ferguson and took the blindfolds off, I couldn't tell you whether I was in Syria or in Missouri. I'm talking, it was It was nuts. It was unbelievable in the middle of America. So the street, they're building. I'm driving past burning buildings, going to the prayer meeting. I step into the room. The pastors are saying, what do we do? Does anybody have any any idea what we should do? Any ideas? And so they're going around. Well, maybe we need to have a cookout and and wear T-shirts that say Unity on them. Okay. Any other ideas? Um. Maybe if we print a banner and we just march through the streets together that say unified, that'll work. Um, there are bullets flying in the streets and I, I don't know if that banner's going to protect us. Any other ideas? Well, my friend just kind of interrupts and he says, hey, uh, my friend JT just got here from Indiana and he has the word of the Lord. Is there another JT in the room? <laughs> How are you going to put me out like that, his name was Jeff? I'm like, Jeff, for real? So all the pastors turned to me. I got center stage, and I'm like, um. but suddenly it just hits me. The Lord reminds me, he says, remember what you asked me when you were 12 years old. Seize the divine moment. I didn't know what else to say or where to go, so I just went to Joel 2. I said, well, in Joel 2 it says, in the time of crisis, sound the alarm, gather the people, consecrate a fast, gather the elders and the babes, everybody stop what you're doing, stop your good ideas, and let's go low before the Lord and fast and pray. Well, what happened was we entered in to a 21-day fast. 125 churches rallied to the sound of Joel 2. We had expended our own efforts, our own energy. Nobody else knew what else to do, so let's fast and pray. So we go into our prayer closet for 21 days, and the Lord begins to download a strategy. I'm, I'm going through Ferguson, and I'm seeing everybody's there. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, BBC, Al Jazeera, everybody's there. There are communist revolu- the new Communist Revolutionary Guard is on the streets passing out flyers. Uh, uh, one of the most well known jihadist groups and most deadly and, and, and terrifying jihadist groups in the earth right now, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with, who have taken over the Middle East and, and are uh, being driven out of Mosul. They were there recruiting black men and saying, Your God tells you to turn the cheek. Allah says, Come to jihad. Come to jihad, bro. They, I kid you not, they created a Twitter campaign called Come to Jihad Bro, and it said, it said, put down the chicken wings and come to jihad. That's so offensive in and of itself. I'm like, if you recruited a black brother on that one, anyway, put down the chicken wings, man. Anyway. I'm, I'm laughing, but, but, but this, was, this was such an intense reality. I said, everybody else in the world has a camp here in Ferguson. Where's the camp of the Lord? Where's our camp? So I began to recall when David brought up the Ark of the Covenant. And I said, you know what? We need a tent of meeting in Ferguson where we bring up the Ark of the Lord, the strength of, the strength of God, that he would arise in the midst of the chaos. So, we rented out this little KFC. <laughs> I can't get away from the chicken, man. <clears throat> this little KFC, believe it or not, the address was 219 North Florissant Road. And 219, I can't tell you how hard we searched for a spot. Every spot was taken except for this spot, which happened to be about a half mile away from the Ferguson police station. And we rented, it's 219 North Florissant, and suddenly, as soon as I saw it, and I saw the address, 219, the Lord said, Revelation 21.9, it says, come, let me show you the bride. Ha. So we we put a healing room on the inside. We stationed intercessors on the inside, and where it says for sale and lease, we put banners all over it that said healing room. Free prayer, come and get prayed for. So people would just wander in and begin to get prayed for, and we saw all kinds of miracles breaking out. Meanwhile, we pitched the tent in the back in the parking lot of it. And so we we gathered worship teams, and we begin to worship 10 to 12 hours a day. The 125 churches begin to send worship teams every day. They would worship day and night just before the Lord. God, this is about you. This is for you. Come in the ark of your strength. Fill this house with your glory. They begin to worship, and then we send out evangelism teams three times a day all over the Ferguson community and and down to the picket lines, down to the protest uh, lines. And what began to happen was unprecedented. Now I've read stories of revival. I've studied revival history. And and, and God gripped me with the prayer in Habakkuk that says, God, we've heard of your great fame, but renew your works in our day. Lord, we've heard of the Azusa Street revival. We've heard of the great awakenings. But God, renew your works in our day. So on October 22nd, 2014, It was a day of police, a day of resistance against police brutality. Hundreds of people from all over the world had descended on Ferguson for this day. There were actions uh, happening all over the city of St. Louis. And they were charged up. Here's the thing. I'm not saying that protesting is bad, but the spirit in which you protest matters. It's not a peaceful protest unless you're full of peace. And trust me, standing face to face with a police officer threatening to behead his whole family is not peaceful. So, what we decided to do, the Lord told us to set intercessors in between the police and the protesters. So, we took 40 of our most seasoned intercessors on that night. Worship is going, the fire's burning in the tent. People are getting prayed for in the healing room. And our, our, our Navy SEALs, our Green Berets, whatever you want to call them, they're sitting, they're right there in between the police and riot gear and the protesters. Ah, no justice, no peace. God told us just to begin to talk to him. We, God put different scriptures on each one of our hearts, and we begin to talk to the Lord. We had one guy, one little long-haired uh, hipster, on an acoustic guitar. I mean, it's so loud, 800 people. Who shut stuff down? We shut stuff down. They weren't saying stuff, though. (laughs) F the police. I mean, it's just like, raw. Police are on the megaphones. This is your final warning. We We will disperse the crowd, step back behind the line. I mean, it's just the whole scenario, you know. Our little guy. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Our Father in heaven. I don't really sing like that. Just. But he's worshiping, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we, we, the, the crowd had been marching from Canfield Avenue where Mike Brown was shot all the way up to the police department. I'm going to speed this story up. They had been marching, and they get up to us, and, and, and there's like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, you feel the clash in the spirit, and as soon as they got to us, their chance broke apart. It was like what you hear when you read the stories in the Old Testament about David's armies and Gideon and all these guys. Suddenly, they turned on themselves. They're like, what? what's going on? What are we saying? Where are we going? What are we doing next? So this one guy, he, he came up to me. He could tell that I was the leader, and he walked up to me, and he says, man, not everybody, not everybody out here is a Christian, you know. Y'all messing us up, man. You supposed to be with us. If you ain't with us, you're against us. I said, no, 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 bro. We're on the side of heaven, bro. Come on over. It's good. It's good, it's good over here. You know. This is the ministry of reconciliation. So, so so we're worshiping, and 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 he just gets frustrated. And the chant leader who had the megaphone, she's leading all the chants. No justice, no peace, no racist, police. I mean, she's, she's leading the chants. She gets so confused, all of a sudden, she just hands me the megaphone.
0: Uh-oh.
1: So I'm like, for real? There is no justice without Jesus. Then it turned into a little rap, a little chant. There is no justice without Jesus. Turn your life over. He's the one who frees us. Is no justice. I mean, and 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 just spontaneously, things start breaking out. Suddenly, Literally, the, the first time I took the megaphone, half the crowd, hundreds of people, it was just like you see in the Old Testament. The moment I said there is no justice without Jesus, when that name dropped, half the crowd turned around and and literally sprinted the opposite direction as if somebody had just fired shots at them. I mean, seriously, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being evangelistic. This this really happened. They scattered. The other people wanted to run, but they were frozen. They were locked in on everything that I was saying. And then suddenly this woman walks up to me, and she starts speaking in tongues, but it was a demonic tongue. She gets to my face, and she's, she's in all the garb. Justice for Mike Brown. We do this for Mike Brown. Mike Brown means we shut down. We do this for Mike Brown, you know. And so she comes up to me, you, blah, 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 that's what's wrong with y'all church people. You, blah, 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 blah. And she starts speaking in this demonic tongue. And I didn't even say anything to her. And all of a sudden she goes, "Uh, mercy, Lord, mercy, 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 mercy. The Holy Spirit falls on the woman right next to her, and she falls to her knees and says, mercy, mercy, mercy. And my team, we're just amazed as we see the Holy Spirit falling on the crowd. Oh, there's the Holy Spirit right there. Oh, right there. Boom, 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 boom. boom. I kid you not. The ones that ran away, if we could get that one picture back up, the ones that ran away were trying to get away from us they ended up running towards our tent. <laughs> Suddenly, all the people at our tent, we had a security guy up at the tent, and he was trained in what to do if, if the kind of, The masses came up their direction. They run into the tent while our guys are worshiping, and they didn't know if they were about to get attacked. I mean, you really did have Black Panthers out there that were fully armed and all this kind of stuff, and they run onto our parking lot, right into our tent, and suddenly they'd run into a God trap. (laughs) Salvation, healing. They ran right into our, our team of intercessors and worshipers, and God began to move in the tent. It was a glorious night. That night right there. Let me tell you, from that night and that moment, our little ragtag crew of worshipers and intercessors and evangelists gained a Daniel-like influence in the city of Ferguson in the St. Louis region. Suddenly, all the, the captains of the police departments. All of the, 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 the mayor of Ferguson, the, the city council, everybody, uh, they said, they, this happened right in front of them. I mean, this was some of its own video from their video cameras. And they said, we do not know what this is. But what they did was they approached our security guy and they put him on their frequency for their radios. And they said, wherever something happens, get some of those Jesus people over there. Since then, here's some other pictures of some things that we've done in the region to begin to confront the powers and principalities. We established a a Ferguson prayer room to keep fire on the altar. Um, We've gone down to Selma, Alabama during the 50th anniversary of Bloody Sunday to partner with churches in that region to do some work with the land and intercession. We prayed at the Pettus Bridge in Selma, which is famous, the famous bridge that people marched over, to begin to repent, to begin to take authority over the atmosphere, what's represented in those places. And then the Lord called us to begin to raise up a multicultural, multi ethnic wall at these altars of pain. And every city has an altar of pain. In fact, in this room, every one of you have something that may be an altar of pain in your own life. Every single one of you, God has actually called to be Matthew 5, 9, peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. If you are a son and a daughter of God, you have been called to manifest the peace of God, but you can't manifest the peace of God unless you're willing to run into a place where there is no peace and lay hold of God to release that peace. These altars of pain, God called us to begin to gather a multicultural tribe that would begin to go to these altars of pain and take a stand before heaven on behalf of the pain that's represented in those places. Here are a few pictures. You can see people standing. That The teddy bears are where Mike Brown's body was laying for four hours. So we gathered blacks and whites and Hispanics and people from different ages, women and, and, and children. They put on their mouths something that they're asking God for, something that they're praying for, the white representing purified lips a pure speech and then they wrote on their lips i'm praying for salvation i'm praying for healing i'm praying for reconciliation and they go and they'd stand there and you'd be amazed you think that to get people's attention you got to carry a sign and scream you just stand somewhere with tape on your mouth and don't say nothing and watch what happens Suddenly we had Jews coming up to us. We had Muslims coming up to us. We had people from all over. What are you guys doing? You're a sign and a wonder. We were becoming a sign and a wonder. What are you doing? We're standing on behalf of the land. We're standing on behalf of the pain in your own heart. And we're seeking God and we're saying, God, release mercy. Talk about an open door for the gospel. Wow. Wow. I'm only just getting started, but it's time to finish. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, I want to leave you with a few keys here. I've come here because I believe that you're a part of the storyline of God, and we have to get caught up in the story of God. Somebody say, get caught up. up. In the story story of God. Every people group on the earth has a unique and specific purpose and contribution in the plan of God. In Isaiah 60, God says that the wealth of the Gentiles, unless you're Jewish, you're a Gentile. How many Gentiles are in the room today? The wealth of the Gentile nations will come to the Lord. In Isaiah 65 through 7, it talks about the multitude of camels that Will cover the land, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They will bring gold and incense. They shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kadar will be gathered together. The rams of Nabal shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my honor, and I will glorify my glorious house. The Lord is establishing through the chaos in the conflict in the earth, He is establishing worship in the people groups of the earth, and they are going to bring a precious offering to the Lord at the end of the age everybody's going to come up to the mountain of the Lord with a gift and let me tell you right now there is a unique gift that God even instituted within your people that cost something you know the African slaves my ancestors they, in, in the pain of chattel slavery, they begin to, 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 to labor and they begin to cry out to God day and night. And they begin to sing songs. Oh, swing low, oh, sweet chariot. They, they begin to pray. in the song of the Lord, out, out of generations, hundreds of years, was forged in a people. And do you know what happened the day that God answered that prayer? What a glorious sound of praise was released. Let me tell you that there is a redemptive story and a redemptive glory, even in the pain of the worst thing that you personally have experienced in your life. There is a story beyond the the power and the reality of the pain in your heart. And God is sovereign over history, even the bad parts of it. It's time for us to go free. It's time for another emancipation proclamation. God wants to free us from the pain of our tribal experiences. He wants to free you from the confusion of living in your human uh, condition and He wants you to actually walk in your heavenly sonship, your reality as a son and a daughter in God first. You are made for God. We have a glorious inheritance together with all the saints. It's time for us to move from the plumb line, from the picket line to the plumb line. I believe that God is raising up a civil righteousness movement. We don't need another civil rights movement. We need a civil righteousness movement. God says in Isaiah 28, I will make justice the measuring line of the measure of what? The measure of how much the fullness of God has been formed in us. I will make justice the measure and righteousness the plumb. In other words, the way to do justice, to, to walk humbly and to love mercy and to do justice, is first to be righteous. Seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness and everything else will be added. God is looking for a people who says, God, I want to be right before you. He wants to bring justice through an inward working, a working on the inside that transforms the outside. I want you to know, this is the ministry of reconciliation. That we would begin to walk as free people, free from the attachments, the pain of our human condition as it relates to ethnic chaos and conflict. God is beautifying his house, and you can't stand as a peacemaker, you can't release what's holding you. If you're bound up on the inside with anger and bitter and malice and rage and all these different things, confusion, frustration, I'm telling you there's almost no way that you've been able to navigate the last year or two years, the election season, whatever it is, without something laying hold of you. So righteousness begins with God, cleanse me, free me, make me holy. God, route this spirit of the Antichrist inside of me. Lord, I want to be a pure offering. I want to bring a pure offering before you. God, I want to manifest the ministry of reconciliation. God, free me from ideologies that are opposite the way you think. God, give me a renewed mind. Be reconciled to God. I want you to stand with me. I didn't originally plan to share those stories. I didn't share those stories because I think they're so cool. I shared those stories because God's saying, the only solution is a holy resolution. The only solution is you standing in this room right now, manifesting the glory of God in the place of conflict. And trust me, conflict is here and it's increasing. But I believe that God wants to deal with the conflict in our hearts today. When they were singing that song earlier today, you've taken my pain and called me by a new name. I'm gonna say it in this room. He says, I've taken the pain you experienced from being called and treated as a nigger. And I'm calling you my son. I'm taking the pain of what your people experienced in whatever country you came from where civil war broke out and you are a refugee. He says, I'm taking the shame from what you experienced when people treated you like an animal and I'm calling you my sons and my daughters. He's saying, I'm taking the pain of when that black guy robbed you and now you're suspicious of all black people. I'm sorry that you were made fun of because you were white. I'm sorry because this, this thing happened to your family a long time ago and somebody in your family uh, uh, trained you not to fully trust Asians or not to fully trust the, 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 the Latino guy because, uh, uh, because something happened a long time ago. God says, I am taking your histories and I'm saying bring them to the altar and get reconciled to me right now. I believe that God wants to restore. But even more than I believe that God wants us to get a supernatural revelation of our sonship, of our citizenship in heavenly places. You are aliens in the earth. We're just passing through. So I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come right now. Lord, I've just done one hour of foolishness. The foolishness of preaching. And yet, I'm asking now that you would come and do the thing which you ordained from eternity past for this moment. Holy Spirit, only you can heal us. God, I remembered your works before these people today, what you did in Ferguson. Now I'm asking you, Spirit of the Living God, Sovereign Lord, come in power right now and begin to lay your hand on the areas of our lives where we need you. God, we can't mentally even wrap our minds around the deep woundings and the pain, but God, I'm asking That, Lord, somehow this word would begin to unlock the pain, even the deep-seated things that have been whitewashed over. We don't need the violent wind today. We just need the wind of the Spirit, God. Come right now, Holy Spirit, begin to blow in this room. Begin to blow, Holy Spirit, we release you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come, Holy Spirit. Just stay with me for just a second. This is the most important thing we'll do. You, Holy Spirit, are the one who reveals all things. You lead us into the truth. You convict us of sin and unrighteousness. Lord, I'm praying right now that all unrighteousness as it relates to this issue, these issues, God, allegiances that we've had to political parties, allegiances that we've had to various ways of thinking that are less than our inheritance in you, would you reveal them right now? Now, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you To begin to wage war on the spirit of the Antichrist in our lives right now. Actually, even all over, all over this room. I want you to just, we're going to take a stand on behalf of the nation. But before we do that, I want you just to begin to lift your hands and say, I break agreement with the spirit of the Antichrist right now. Anything that I've said... Anything that I have believed anything that I've endorsed knowingly or unknowingly that has empowered racism I break agreement in Jesus name deliver me Lord forgive me heal me in Jesus name now right now I believe that the Lord is laying his hand on some of you in fact There's a few things that are happening in the room, I believe, right now by the Holy Spirit. But some of you begin to feel like a stirring. You felt almost like uncomfortable or queasy in your stomach at various points while I was talking. And the Lord was beginning to put his hand on some things that he wants to deliver you from right now. I want to invite you to come right now. Just come down to the altar right now. This is no judgment. If we can't get healed and free in the house of God, then we can't get free. There's no hope for a nation when the house is out of order. So God, I'm asking right now, even now, I just believe the Lord wants to release a greater grace, a greater freedom on your life. There is freedom in the house. We declare the freedom of the Holy Spirit over you right now. I believe that God right now is dealing with seeds of racism. Things that have bound us up. Now I'm asking for divine grace, Holy Spirit. Divine grace, Holy Spirit. You are tender and you are gentle and you are kind. But Lord, we invite you now to come release honey the honey of your presence the honey of your presence to make wrong things right